Hi there, Debbie Hazelton. Welcome to another edition of This Time Around. And I uh, hope to get back on more of a regular schedule. I don't know. Do I hope to get back on a regular schedule? Whatever that is. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, I've been kind of putting these up. I've been behind in trying to get some editing done. But today is November 30th, 2023, and do I have a story for you? This is a speaking my word because it's just me, and I'm not bringing someone else on this episode. But then again, on a more esoteric level, I probably am because I feel like I have this team, this team, this partnership with whoever, whatever, the many, um, <laughs> the esoteric. I had an incredible healing experience. Wow. So last, I think it was Saturday morning, I had been kind of lying awake for a while and thinking, okay, I really need to get up and get my dog out, get him fed, get feed my cat. And um, when I went to get up, I felt something under my foot. And it turns out it was part of my robe that I was stepping on. But when I bent down to find what it was, I <laughs> royally hit my left eye. I mean, I royally hit my left eye um, above it on the eyebrow, on the bone and my eyeball and below it on the footboard to the bed on this hard wood. And I mean, <laughs> I, when it happened, I thought I was going to fall. I was like, God, trying to get my balance just for a second, you know, like, wow, it was so, so incredibly horrible, horribly painful. And I thought, oh, I need ice right away. And then I thought, well, maybe, but first you need tapping and your other healing modalities that you know. And so I started with, you know, my EFT, even though I feel so stupid that I bent over to get this thing and, and I hit my eye like this and it's horribly painful, you know, well, I hardly got a few words out and I started to feel this anesthesia feeling that I get when I start. I've seen tapping work faster for physical stuff than just emotional stuff. It's kind of amazing. And so I, I noticed immediately and I thought, well, okay, while I'm doing this, let me throw other things that I've been mulling over that are just sort of trashy stuff that I don't need to be thinking about. So even though I feel bad about saying or doing something or not saying or not doing other things. And even though I'm, you know, mulling over things that I have no business worrying about. And, and even though I'm, I'm 
kvetching on things I don't need to be <laughs> thinking about. And I just threw, it's like throwing anything in the trash that needs to go in the trash. I just spent a minute or so doing that. And then I remembered my whole Pono Pono and I'm going, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you and thank you. I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. In any order, Ho'oponopono. And I'm thinking about people. I'm thinking about myself and my eye. I'm thinking about how stupid and how I don't want to draw attention to myself with this. And I don't want anybody saying, oh, you have a black eye and it looks terrible and on and on. And I'm just doing my tapping and my Ho'oponopono. Meanwhile, I'm noticing that I'm feeling no more pain no more pain. I mean, it blows my mind how that is. And yet I've seen it happen many, many times. So then I get the thought, but it's not really the tapping. It's not really any one specific technique. It's the energy and allowing it to work. So doing the tapping or doing the whole ponopono, because even Joe Vitale talks about the fifth phrase and other things that make it work. It's, it's, I hate to say it, but it's getting out of the way and allowing and getting out of the way. I, I have to say getting out of the way kind of reminds me of being told, you know, it's grown up hour. I didn't know where they got that. It's grown up hour. I'm thinking, is there a time that <laughs> when I was little, is there a time that says grown up hour that that's scheduled? <laughs> no. no, but they said it's grown up hour, meaning, you know, you're not supposed to be in here. Children are to be seen and not heard. And children are not to be here in grown up hour. <laughs> and so, but I was, you know, so get out of the way feels a little like a discount. Get out of the way. But what it really does mean is allow your human self or your, your allow your egoic self to step aside and allow the grandness of the all that is. Joe Vitale calls it the great something. I call it the it, the it the essence, but it stands for intuitive. Let's see, what did I say? Say um, it stands for, it stands for idea, thoughts, intuitive truth. Um, intuitive truth, idea, thoughts. Um, was it intuitive thinking and I and intent here's my favorite intentional trust intentional trust absolutamente intentional trust that's my favorite of all those it was idea thoughts intuitive truth um, in something thinking, uh, there's another I word. I have to go back to where I wrote this um, and intentional trust. But anyway, it's it. 
the spirit, the essence, the grandness of it all, the grandness or the little spark that started it all and keeps it going. And so, you know, it's that, it's that little essence or big essence, but it is that spark, inspirational thoughts. That's what it is. Inspirational thinking, intuitive truth. Found a skill that might match your. Hey, Sarah, Ziggy, stop. Ziggy, stop. <laughs> intuitive, intuitive truth, idea thoughts, inspirational thinking, and intentional trust. That's what the four are when I came up with this. Yes. And so I often will play with this and say, I am full of it. I am full of it, it, those four things, intuitive truth, inspirational thinking, idea, thoughts, and intentional trust, intentional trust, absolutamente. That's it. That's it for me. And so this grown-up hour thing, get out of the way. <laughs> that is funny. But I know from the very first healing that I experienced, and I'll tell you about it in a minute, I know that the message really is to keep reminding us all that this is available to us. And it's not a technique. It's not one specific technique. It's all or any of those techniques. And it's about allowing, just really allowing it to work. Now, because I threw myself into EFT and Ho'oponopono, what that meant was I wasn't thinking any more about um, what to do about it. I wasn't trying to solve it in any other way. And I was doing something with all the riffraff of stuff that I had been thinking about. With all of that, I was doing something with it so that I could know I was being very productive. So the more trash that I found of any of my thinking to put into it, the better. You know, the more junk to put into the fire, the bigger the fire that can burn and warm and do something good. So it it suddenly meant that the stuff that I didn't need to be thinking about became um, treasure. It became anything that kept me doing something beyond the mundane that allowed that energy to keep working. And I just said at that moment, I need to come here and tell you about it because this is available to all of us. So many years ago, back in the day, um, when <laughs> I was in graduate school, I uh, was in my apartment and I was making yogurt. And I had this crazy yogurt maker that had this had this plastic case with six receptacles and little jars with lids. And we had to heat the milk to scalding and then cool it down and 
um, wait for it to get to a certain temperature, put the plain yogurt or starter in it. And I usually added powdered milk to thicken it and then put it in those little cups and put it in this yogurt maker. And as it was plugged in, it would keep it to a particular temperature and leave it there for eight or nine hours or something. There were others and I learned to do it without anything like that. I learned to do it in the in the oven in a big glass container. But anyway, I learned to do it in my instant pot too. So on this particular evening that I was making yogurt, this friend of mine said she might stop by. She didn't say when, she said she might stop by. Well, it's very hard to know when milk is scalded. It's like you have to catch it as the calm before the storm because if you hear it boil, it's too late. You have to catch it at this absolute little pinnacle of silence that is, it's like a speck of time that it's scalded before it boils. Well, I probably guessed too long. And so it started boiling and it was one quart in a six quart Dutch oven. And I went to pick it up off the stove and it spewed up onto my hands. And I mean, there's nothing worse. Milk holds the heat and it just, it was horrible on the backs of my hands and my wrists and ay ay ay. So I got it on the back burner and I ran my hands under cold water and it just wasn't really helping. I got out a bowl of um and put some ice ice cubes in it and and I and, and water and I put my hands in it, but you know, it was still horribly painful. So don't you know that that wonderful friend seemingly coincidentally came by right at that moment. And she said, I'm taking you to the camp, the campus infirmary. Well, I didn't live on campus, but it wasn't far from where I lived. So when I got there, they said, well, we really don't know how bad these burns are. You know, we won't know until maybe the next day. And so they bandaged my hands from wrist to fingertip both of them. And I was like, oh my God, this is horrible. Like I can't really go to the bathroom. I can't, can't do anything. And it gave me a chance to ponder what it is like for people who become, who suddenly have something happen that's so life-changing. Like, okay, I've been living as someone who's blind since I, you know, since right after birth, I've been living this way. I'm used to what I do. I didn't have to go through loss. But people who have something happen to them, well, they're going through loss. And it's shocking. Well, I felt shocked. I was blown away. They said, we're going to keep you for the night. And so I went to bed and it was so nice of them to keep me. I did not want to go home and be alone. I don't know how I would have done anything. I would have probably freaked out. So I get all nestled down into, into bed and I'm super thankful that they kept me. And this voice started in my head. Now it wasn't really an audible voice, but it was a very clear 
message. And it said, imagine as you breathe out that the pain is coming out through your fingertips. So I did. I went to sleep that way, just imagining the pain coming out of my fingertips. Went to sleep, slept all night, woke up in the morning. This very kind nurse came in. She wiped all the sleep out of my eyes. And um, I mean, that was so sweet. And I call it sand person. But anyway, she wiped all the sleep out of my eyes. She unwrapped the bandages and my hands didn't hurt at all. And I only had a couple of blisters. Now that night we had wondered if they had wondered if any of them were third degree. I just had a couple of little blisters and I was, I had full movement and I knew that something incredible had happened. And I knew that I needed to keep paying attention I've had times when I've been walking down the street and my foot has slipped off and I've suddenly twisted it. And I mean, it, you know, where it hurt, but I didn't fall. And I would immediately just blow, breathe air and imagine it going into my foot. I would go and just imagine that that air went down into that foot and no more pain. Now, of course, in my human ways, I've had plenty of times where I've gone on and on about feeling terrible and not used this energy. Absolutely. And times where maybe even if I did use the energy, it wasn't going to work because maybe I needed it. I can remember um, when I had to have my thyroid removed and I would do my tapping. I would use my Bach flower remedies and it just felt like taking a little bag of trash out. It didn't feel like I was really doing anything that was working to make it better. And it was because I needed a surgery. So I don't think that it's a, at least not in this time, I don't think that it means that we do these things all the time and we don't do any other quote unquote allopathic or traditional medicine. What is traditional anyway? But typical mainstream medicine. No, I had a hip replacement a, a year and a half or so ago. You know, I needed to have it done. And um, it's kind of amazing though. Even with that, I ended up with horrible neuropathy and nothing was really working. I was taking some uh, medication for it. But I went to a convention last summer, and the more I walked, the more I, I suddenly went, I haven't been taking that medication. And I suddenly knew that I didn't need it anymore. It What I needed was to keep walking, 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 walking. And so um, I went and got, I had already been planning on it, but I went and got um, a new guide dog just a couple of months ago. And you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's great to have animal energy. It's a different level of independence. It's a different level of freedom. It's just so good. It's good to be with a, an incredible, I've, I actually feel when I walk with this dog, like he is my inner being. It just, there's something so smooth. And yet he gets in trouble too. He gets corrected for, for 
you know, one little pattern that I'm trying to make sure he's done with because he's still a puppy too. And so it doesn't mean that once you know how to heal or once you know you're you know how to walk and work and live like an inner being like he does, you know, that we're just gonna do everything that's so um quote unquote perfect or right. Even those words have other meanings. You know, people go back and forth and people will say, oh, but we're not perfect or so-and-so is great, but they're not perfect. You know what? I think everything is perfect and we are perfect in a way. Everything's paradoxical too. I just think we humans, we're quirky. <laughs> we, we do quirky things. And sometimes we miss the mark and we're off the mark and it's not the end of the world. And it's not about right and wrong. And it's not about fault. Are we responsible? There are people I've listened to, Joe Vitale, um, Bashar. Yes. Okay. So we're responsible. I prefer to take that. And many of you have heard me speak. Fritz Perl said it. They give um, other people credit for saying it. I heard Fritz Perls first say, responsibility response able we are response able we have the ability to respond yes and we have lots of abilities to respond so my ability to respond when i hit myself when i hit my eye well response ability came out came forward it wasn't just reactive it was responsive reactive might have meant that I was just going on about something that I was already active about. And this was, no, I can be response-able. I can get myself to a much more comfort-able place. Comfort-able, response-able. Yeah, that's the ableism I like. The ableism, <laughs> I don't like the isms and I don't really like ableism because I was just writing about that earlier today. Ableism is where people think that, kind of like the old myth. Remember the lion and the mouse? Where the lion thought that because he was big, he was able. He thought that he was the one that could just take over and that what could that little mouse do? Nothing, he thought. And the mouse said, you, you just wait. I might come and save you one day. And the lion let him go. And he was like, I doubt it. I doubt you can do anything. Lion fell into a trap. And the mouse came and cut those ropes and set him free. So there we have this. I, that's one of my favorite Aesop's fables to talk about rearranging worldview, getting past ableism, getting past impossibility thinking into possibility thinking. So what happened for me with the breathing, the pain out of my fingertips, and what happened for me, it wasn't just EFT, it wasn't just the breath, because maybe I could have imagined breathing the air out of my mind, but I needed something to do to get me away from just focusing on it. It's like, you know, when a little child doesn't want to, have something happen sometimes, you know, you give them a toy to play with while they're undergoing something 
maybe something physical or you give them something else to do and it gets that gets the mind off of whatever it is that's not comfortable and then allowing the grandness to do its work the grandness to happen so i went later on a friend of mine asked me about it and um she said well yeah you have a black eye and i said it doesn't hurt anymore but i'm sure and so i covered it up with makeup it never was big though it could have been horribly big it never was big and swollen um and as i touched it i could feel that it was slightly tender in different places but i mean slightly slightly tender and i've noticed that when i've done tapping for something physical it seems like three days of healing get done in a few seconds and then um there's just a little more healing that's happening but if i don't do it or i don't do something i pay it only half attention to even like yeah i know i should but i'm not really paying attention to it one time i got my um i think somebody slammed a door on my finger in the car and i didn't want to tap in front of other people and i barely barely paid attention to it and i just kind of was like yeah 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 i know i should yeah yeah mm -hmm. and i i had pain a lot longer there was another time my hand got slammed in a car trunk. Half of my fingers were in the trunk and the rest of my hand was outside of it. I sprayed that hand with a mixture that I carried of Bach flower, rescue remedy, and walnut. Every few minutes that night, I didn't wait for any pain. I just kept doing it. I never had pain. Never had pain. Never had swelling just it was just amazing i've seen this happen a lot of times and then i think okay so am i a healer well some would say yes i would say i prefer to say i am a healing agent and i have healing ability and yet i'm not so sure i think i've done things where people have felt better i know people have told me they felt better after I've worked on them or after different things. I know I have. And yet, I don't think my message is that you should just trust me because I can't make you let go of anything that you're thinking. I can't make you, quote, get out of the way, quote, because it's... <laughs> It's the hour for the higher to do its work. I can touch and I can do hands above the body, which I think sometimes is a lot more powerful than hands on. And I can provide a presence that I know is powerful. I know because it's so loving and I love to do that. Though I think what my message is, is that this is there for all of us. This is for, for us to call on. This is for us to allow. Before ye call, I will answer. This is for us to allow 
this energy to do its work. And so to find ways to be still enough for it to do its work, well, that might be that might be what feels like the challenge. It might mean focusing on just the breath. It might mean starting to sing. It might mean allowing some loving touch or even giving self loving touch, hand on forehead or hand on back of neck or or anything that feels loving and kind, it might mean thinking of beautiful stories of kindness and goodness. It might mean finding something to laugh about, like, oh my God, it just happened again. I just did it again. And how how crazy is that? And laughing. Whatever it is, though, chances are it's something that allows that energy to do what it does. And I don't even, I, I start to say to do its work, to do its thing, to do its good, to do its good bidding. I'm tired of the word work. To do its play, to show up and just be its wonderful self, bringing wholeness, bringing the perfect oneness, bringing the rightness, bringing the goodness, bringing the wholeness. I like that, the wholeness. Um, restoring. And in those moments, wow, healing is not necessarily about cure. One of my favorite spiritual people over the years, years ago said, healing is balance. So right before my stepfather died, my mom's second husband, I started to do Reiki and he just stretched out. Oh, he just loved it. And my sister said, why are you trying to heal him? And I said, because healing is balance. It's not cure. And she said, okay, well, the next day he died. And, um, oh man, sad. And yet he was free. He was free, and I had such glorious time with him in those last few days. I did with my mom, too. Um, interesting how much I do love those moments with people. I just think they're they're so holy. They're so, oh, so absent of all this riffraff that we often are so busy with in the human but I just had to come and share this moment because, and there's something I read now, I can't remember what it was about the left eye, but it, I think it had to do with definitely getting my attention. And I think I really needed to bring you this message. Healing is available to us. It is so available to us. And we are meant to feel good. We're not meant to suffer. I don't care Buddha or whomever that said life is suffering. No, I don't believe that. I don't believe our purpose is to be here and suffer. No. And I don't even believe we're here to learn and to grow and to work. I don't believe those things. No, I don't. We're going to grow anyway. We're going to grow in spite of anything and everything. We're going to grow by being. 
We don't need to do anything to make ourselves grow. It's going to happen to us, in us, through us, as us. It's going to happen. And if anything, I think we're here to play and we're here to have fun. I think we chose to be here. I don't believe we were chosen. I believe we chose to be here. And um, we chose to come at this time to help the earth, to, to, um, to help us all rise in being awake because the earth is becoming more of itself. We are becoming more of the essence consciously we are helping the essence to realize, realize, make real, make manifest more of itself through us as consciousness. And so as we are allowing it to be more of itself through us as us, well, then it's not just one person who's ascending. It's not just one person who's the quote leader or the savior, et cetera. It's all of us who chose to be here and consciously witness and experience this incredible aliveness. Um, Bashar says, we're not totally human yet. I think what that means is that we are not fully embodying all of the spiritual gifts that are ours to experience and express as our humanness, humanness, spirited humanness combined. We are both. We are spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe governed as spiritual laws. And we are, we are spiritual beings discovering more of what it means to be human. I don't say learning. We didn't come here. We did not come here as dumb or stupid. We didn't come here because we needed to learn, not in my opinion. We came here to discover, to experience, to express, to reach. And if we compete with anyone, it's ourselves. I compete with myself. Can I reach farther today than I did yesterday? Can I be more clear or eloquent or can I have more fun today than I did yesterday? Can I be more loving today than I was yesterday? Can I balance better? Can I laugh more? Can I love more? Can I be happier? Can I maintain a longer fuse in being patient? Can I do those things? But that's not, to me, that's not learning. That's discovering. And really, it's discovering by allowing and by playing. It's not about work. I might use some really intense muscles, but a lot of kids, when they're playing, they're competing, they're playing, they're using their muscles, they're stretching, they're having fun. They're, have you ever seen kids when they're, sometimes they're, they're wrestling and they're laughing, they're giggling, and they're using their muscles at the same time. So, yeah, I think using our muscles is really good, but it's not about having to be in pain or suffering or having to learn and having to grow and having to work. No, 
It's about discovering. It's about playing and allowing and having fun. And as we do that, it's contagious. Other people can have fun. Other people can pick up on that energy and have a great time. I like to imagine that we're all in a circle and we're all holding our light. Now, some people hold their light inside and some people hold their light outside and some people do both. But I think it's amazing when I realized, because I, I saw light a lot as a child and I still pick up on it. It's kind of interesting, even though I wear prosthetics, um, I, um, I still get it. It's amazing how things come to me, but um, I would, um, I would learn as I remember standing in circles where we held candles or where we held sparklers and waving sparklers around in the air and hearing them and smelling them. And of course it's dangerous if you throw them and then somebody steps on them, that's not a good thing. But I remember noticing that people could light someone else's light, light a candle or light a sparkler or light another match, you know, um, light something just by putting it right near someone else's light. It was just right next to someone else's light and voila, oh, another light was lit. Another light was lit. And I think that that's what we're doing. I think that's what we're here doing is being with each other in the circle, the grand circle of life. Oh, I think about the communities. Oh, yeah. The circle of community. And in the circle, each one of us holding our light. And all we have to do is be allow it to be contagious. Our light comes next to someone else's light. Our laugh comes next to someone else and they laugh. Our love comes next to someone else and they feel it. Our healing comes next to someone else and they feel it. And there's more healing. Our ideas come next to other people's ideas and they mushroom. It's just, that's sharing. That's, that's community. Mm, incredible. So, yeah. It's all available. It's available to us. It's so good. It's so great. And so thank you. I wanted to come and share this with you today. I didn't know how long I would end up being, but thank you for um, listening. This is another edition of this time around where any moment can be a new moment of possibility this time around. Um, you can write me. Do not send me your marketing I will not respond. I do not want your marketing of how you think you can make my podcast better or how you're going to show and sell me and share with me your strategies for business building. I'm not interested in all that hype. I'm not sorry. Um, sorry, but not sorry. Um, apology to disappoint. However, I mean it. If you want me to take what you have to say about anything I'm saying, or you want to know more about my work, or you want to work with me, or you want me to speak somewhere, or you just want to say, 
that you enjoyed this. Um, you can find me. My email address is I am at debbiehazelton.com because that's where I am. <laughs> and if you happen to have my cell number, you can text or call me or FaceTime me. But if you don't, oh, well, we can see about whether or not it's good for us to become friends or acquaintances or colleagues or any of that. But meanwhile, thank you for being here. Stay well, be well, know that it's available. And um, oh, I'm sending you lots of good energy and lots of love. All right. Take good care. Bye for now.